there was only one preacher. He was a Presbyterian minister named John Witherspoon. And he was the only, only preacher who signed the Declaration of Independence back in 1776. And he also signed the Articles of, of Confederation. And he pushed for the ratification of our Constitution. He has also, he's also noted that John was the first chaplain of the United States Congress as well. And also, John, because the guy was kind of a chronic underachiever, he was also the president of Princeton for over 25 years as well. <laughs> now, John, John had a, a prophetic voice. He, his theology informed his politics. He, his belief that the American colonies must become independent of Great Britain. And so right before, three weeks before the signing of the Declaration, he gave, and get this, a pro-war sermon at Princeton based on this prayer to God from the 76th Psalm. Even human rage will turn to your praise when you dress yourself with whatever remains of your wrath. John believed that the power of the crown had become corrupt. By and it was taxing Americans for causes that were against their wishes. That Americans had no representation for the tax taxation that they were experiencing. Now normally, and John actually says this in the sermon that he preached, normally he didn't preach politics, but he felt that the, the time had come for everyone, absolutely everyone, to, ex to accept the responsibility to revolt, to begin war against Great Britain. And that the, the human rage of that war was right, it was righteous, and that it would praise God. Normally, John believed that his Christian values were far more important in his sermons than mere secular politics. But for the case of liberty, of freedom, this was more than a merely secular political matter. And so after he gave that sermon, that newspapers up and down the 13 colonies, they published this sermon in newspapers. And it is to this day considered one of the founding documents of this republic. Now the prophet Jeremiah found himself in a different but similar situation. So like John Witherspoon, the government, the, the kings in his time, the kings that he lived under had a very different concerns than what Jeremiah believed that God had. That God's concerns and the concerns of the kings were not matching up. So whereas God wanted to be part of people's everyday lives, to be the provider of daily bread, their safety, their guide and guardian, whereas that's what God wanted, people from the king on down, they kind of moved on. Listen to the Lord's word, people of Judah, all you families of the Israelite household, this is what the Lord says. 
What wrong did your ancestors find in me that made them wander so far? They pursued what was worthless and became worthless. They didn't ask, where's the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, in a land of deserts and ravines, in a land of drought and darkness, in a land of no return where no one survives? I brought you into the land of plenty to enjoy its gifts and goodness, but you ruined my land. You disgraced my heritage. The priest didn't ask, where's the Lord? Those responsible for instruction didn't know me. The leaders rebelled against me. That is why I will take you to court and charge even your descendants, declares the Lord. Look to the west as far as the shores of Cyprus and to the east as far as the shores of Kedra. Ask anyone there. Has anything this odd ever taken place? Has a nation switched gods, though they aren't really gods at all? Yet my people have exchanged their glory for what has no value. My people have committed two crimes. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug cisterns, broken cisterns, that can't hold water. Israel is quite dry, and if you get out into the wilderness areas, it's even more so. So for thousands of years, people have dug cisterns to capture and hold water to get them through times of drought to survive. And so it's, it's a simple concept, really. You, you build it, you dig a big hole, and water fills up the hole, and you have water. But if you dig, it, if you dig right into dirt, what happens? Just soaks in. It doesn't work. And so over time, what people figured out is that if they went out and they found crushed limestone and they coated the inside, that when it gets wet, it turns into that kind of paste. And when it dries, it gets hard and solid and it will hold water until it cracks. And then when it cracks, then you have to go in and, re and repair it. But a cracked cistern can't hold water. From the beginning, from the earliest times, God wanted people to recognize that this world, this golden land of plenty that we've been given, had so much to support life and support it abundantly. That every breath that we take is a result of a process of renewing that allows all living things to breathe. And God showed the people of Judah those people in particular, that when they had left Egypt and they were wandering in the desert, God would be present with them to find ways of surviving and even thriving. That, that we can do things even in the driest of places like dig cisterns that can help. But over time though, people, human beings, we, we like to take God for granted. I don't always like to, we, we, we do. All that brings life, all of the things in the land of plenty, we, we take it for just being granted. That it's just how it is, right? There's no need to acknowledge that there is a God shedding grace and care and love for all. There's no need to care about the earth. Some people just accept that 
all that we have is just grace. And, and that grace is there's no gratitude needed for it at all. Because then if it was needed, it wouldn't be grace, right? And others have come to believe that there is no God. That we've all kind of moved on past that superstition. We are not the first people to think that. And whether you call it Baal or you begin to even worship human ingenuity alone, we are prone to creating new gods. We take the beauty of a process, a process of exploration such as science, and then it somehow gets packaged and sold as a god. And we crack. We find our lives are threatened by the result of not caring for our environment, for the land of plenty that we've been given. Or by tyranny of those who have weapons and power. And it's in times like that that the prophets speak. The prophets warn of the consequences of inaction in the face of injustice. And they warn that God is not unaware or uncaring, not at all. And that a day of consequence is coming. Now for Jeremiah, that day of consequence was the end of his nation. Judah fell. For John Witherspoon, it was the beginning of his now, Jeremiah's people didn't listen. They didn't believe that a day of consequence would actually come. But John Witherson's people, they did listen. And they heard the call for action and for, for liberty. And the birth of these United States happened. But like all of us, John Witherspoon had some rather large blind spots. John was horribly racist. The taxes that he rallied against were levied to build a fortified border inside the colonies to keep European colonists from invading the lands to the west that the crown had acknowledged belonged to native people. He didn't want his tax money going toward that. John Witherspoon owned slaves and he argued against emancipation. He believed. He believed in freedom, the right to vote, but only for people who looked like he did. People that he, and this is a quote, who, people who were superior to others, as he put it. John Witherspoon was a flawed, a cracked sister. All of us are. Nothing should take away the prophetic call that John made to people to stand up for liberty. That changed the world. But we also need the rest of the story too. And the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah had his own cracks too. And we're going to see them through this series. This whole series is about cracked pottery. And that's why we need God. Why we can't do all this stuff on our own. 
Because we're all cracked. John knew that too. And I've read some of his sermons. He knew that we all have blind spots. And God continues to try to guide and guard us as we grow into Christ's image. Because we're not, we don't get there easily. As we do our best to follow his healing way of living. We need God to work, as the song says, to to mend our every flaw. Our nature can be so selfish and short-sighted. Our moral values have to come from something deeper than just ourselves. Our ethics, our self-control, our laws, must be constantly examined and tested. And this is the lesson that thousands of years of human experience with God, that's the lesson that they teach. This is the instruction that religion can help provide. Because a day of consequence is coming. I think you know this. I think we all kind of feel it. It's part of that fragility around all of us. And if I have any prophecy to share, it is this. Know the deep values of Christ. Write them on your heart. Get to know him. Learn how he practiced justice and how he offered compassion and mercy and how he included everybody, always. And how he chose, even when it led him to his own death, he chose a path of nonviolence. Get to know God the way that Jesus knew God, as best you can. This is our hope for ourselves, for America, and for the world. Will you please rise?